Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. As much as we need to talk about giving at Christmas, it's fun to give. Somebody says, it's fun to give more than receive. I don't know about you, but I like to receive as well. I like gifts. I, I don't matter what age you are, you, we all kind of get a little giddy about a gift, don't we? Oh, for me, I get this. And, and there's these moments like, I wonder what's inside of this. Now, there's people here that love to be surprised. How many want to be surprised this Christmas? You're, you love surprises. You don't want to know what you're getting. Okay, how many, how many would say that you want to know what you're getting for Christmas? You like to know. Is there a few of you weirdos out there? Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to speak to you today, okay? There's a few people out there that you like to know, and you're probably, the, you're probably the people that when you were a little kid, you were a snooper at Christmas, right? Some of you, you would snoop around and look a little bit. Now, I didn't do that too much, and the reason I didn't do that, my mom, my mom had used the layaway plan at Jaeger's, and so uh, my mom would pay a little bit each week, you know, she'd get paid, she'd go buy, you know, little gifts, you know, little, pay for the, the toys she's getting me. And, and, but my cousins, my, my, my aunt didn't do that. Um, and it was kind of during the time, I don't know what year exactly what it was, late 70s, early 80s, where this incredible game system came out. It was called Atari. I don't know if you've heard of Atari for you young lads here, but Atari was the system. This is long before Xbox and long before even Nintendo. We had a joystick, okay? And, and so you, you had this Atari. It was, it was a wonderful system. Never owned one myself. I was deprived as a child. But uh, my cousins got one for Christmas. But here's the thing with what they got is they, they were suspicious that maybe mom bought them an Atari game. Now being latchkey children, they got home after school before mom got home. And so they would just root around and, and really in the, the, the depth of the home to find their gifts, okay? Some of you people raise your hand. You're like these kids. And they found, they opened it up, oh, you know, kind of background music. They found the Atari, and there it was. They opened it up, and then they put it back, you know, took, took it out. And then the next day, they opened up the box, pulled all the pieces out. This is always tricky when you do that. If you're going to snoop and go further with it, then you've got all these little baggies and the little twist ties and everything you got to do because they pulled it out, and they, they got to touch the, the genuine fake uh, leather, uh, you know, mahogany fake wood of the Atari. You remember that? It was the same kind of paneling on your van you had. And, and, and so that, oh, this is so nice. And then the next day they hooked it up and they're, they're, they started playing it. Can you believe that? And they would put it back all back together. And before mom came home at 5.18, you know, p.m. And, and so they had it timed down week after week. And I know this because I was there. <laughs> I witnessed it. I can't, I like, I can't believe you guys are doing this. This is so wrong. I got really good at Pitfall that year at this, this game. So I remember Pitfall. And, and you know, I, I wasn't there Christmas morning, like, you know, when they had to act surprised. I'm sure they got Academy Award, like, oh my gosh, we got Atari, you know, like, yeah, they known it for a couple of weeks, like it's already worn out. It's probably something already broke on it, right? Oh, I can't believe it. it doesn't even work anymore, you know? And, and I was thinking about, you know, in our lives, as much as most of us want to be, unless you're the weirdos that don't want to be surprised, you, you, most of us want to be surprised when it comes to gifts. 
But a lot of us, I, we have to admit that we don't like a lot of surprises in life, do we? We don't really like the unexpected. And yet, there's times where there's good things that can happen that, that we don't realize. And then there's bad things that can happen. But changes change. Change is good and change is bad. And yet, changes change. If you got open a letter, the, you know, one day and it says that your, your long lost uncle passed away and left you a cool million dollars. Eh, that's not a bad idea. That's great. You know, that'd be wonderful, wouldn't it? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. What would that money do to you? How would it affect you? And you hear stories about people winning the lottery and losing it all and lives falling apart. Maybe you're like, well, I'd like to try that and see how that would go, right? So in our lives, there is the unexpected that takes place. In much of our life, as whatever happens in the unexpected, we come to a place in all of us, how are we going to respond to the unexpected? What is going to happen in our lives and, and how we respond, I've learned and what others around have observed is the key to success and fulfillment in life is how we respond to the, to the unexpected, the good things that happen and the bad things that can happen to us. And this is no truer than the, the young woman that we're going to look at today in our, in our Christmas series with us. We're going to look at how and be reminded again, if you know the story, and discover how God was with her in the unexpected. And, and as we dive in this, there's something that so I have found, I think you have found, if you walk with God enough, is this, as we discover about God, is this, that God specializes in the unexpected, and it's our choice in how we respond. God specializes. Have you noticed this? God is good at the unexpected. And we're thinking, like, God, why do you do it that way? And I think that the simple answer to that is this, that he's God. He can do what he wants, right? You're not God. So God does things outside of what we hope for or what we plan for and what we expect. And if you've walked with God at all, you have any inclination how he works, he is a master in the unexpected. And that's how, that's how he operates. Whatever in his you know, infinite wisdom and in his power and especially in his love, he chooses to operate this way. And so we live in the unsure and unexpected all the time. One thing we do need to be reminded that one thing we can know for sure and have for sure is salvation. That we can trust that what God did already by sending Christ to come, not only to be born as we celebrate Christmas, but to, to, to remember the cross and what he's accomplished. And when we receive Jesus because of that work, we can go to heaven and know we're going to heaven for sure. It's a done deal. And yet everything else in this life, what? It's so unpredictable. And that's a struggle for people at times in believing in God. There's, there's some maybe in this room and there's others we coming here on Christmas Eve that there's some skepticism. That like if God exists, why does he allow this to happen or that to happen? Why does he... Why does he function outside the realm of our understanding? Again, he's God, but how do I know that? So there's some, there's some struggles sometimes. If you are here today and you're kind of seeking and trying to understand the Christian faith, we understand that journey. Many of us have been on it. Not only for those that are maybe new in our faith, but we say even years of walking in the Christian faith, we would go, Man, I don't have it figured out. Once I thought I had life figured out, God throws a curveball at times. Well, not because he's mean or anything. No, he's all good. He's all powerful, he's all love, and he's got a plan, he's got a purpose. And what we discover in the, in the process is we, we, can, we can see this in Scripture, and specifically when we look at today, we're going to look at, look at this young woman's life. This morning, this young gal 
it was beyond her wildest dreams. Imagine what was to happen to her, that she was be- going to become the most famous mother in history. Pretty amazing story. If you ever felt like you're in a, like you, you know, an unexpected moment in your life, it's nothing compared to the Virgin Mary, okay? She would never, ever expect what she's about to expect that, well, that she's expecting, okay? So here it is, the classic Christmas encounter, Luke chapter 1, the gospel here, verse 26. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. And she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. This is the first mention of Mary in scriptures from Nazareth. It's just a little little town just northwest of of the Sea of Galilee. It has its own little community. Uh, Why did God pick that place? God had a plan. God had a purpose. And God had specific plans for this young girl named Mary. Now, Mary was probably about 14, 15 years old. How do we know that? Because it talks about her age of maturity to a place. And once a girl gets to that place, she's typically promised to a man. That's just how they did it back then, ladies. They, they arranged marriages. So you're 14, 15 years old. You're going to already know who you're going to marry. I hope you like the guy, okay? That's how it goes back then, okay? And, and so she was in that place. And I, you would say it back in that setting, that's how it was settled. There's really no question about it. Families worked it out, and this is the way it's going to be. And you just live with that. That's your lot in life, and that's all you knew. There wasn't a whole lot of choices to that as we have nowadays. But think about it in modern day, though. Think of a young gal, you know, that, you know, is looking to get married and, you know, and, and a young bride, she, a bride-to-be, she's expecting something pretty incredible. It's going to happen. She's looking forward to it. Uh, probably you think about nowadays, uh, you know, as, as, as some people here have recently been married and, you know, one of the first thing people do is they, they, they gather friends to begin to talk on social media. A Pinterest is set up and, and you're pinning things left and right and you're sharing through Instagram and there's, there's all this buzz that's going on. You're picking out colors and you're picking out, maybe you're trying on dresses. You know, so that, can you think of the mind of a young woman getting ready to get married, all this expectation that's going in, and it's going to be this unforgettable moment. Well, here it comes, an unforgettable moment for, for uh, Mary, because tell you what, her plans get changed real quickly, an incredibly inconvenient way. Here she thought her life was all mapped out, and this unexpected moment came, crazier than ever through the form of an angel. Bible says in verse 28, Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think about the angel, what the angel meant by that, could, could mean by this. And she says, Don't and says, Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. I love that line. It says, confused and disturbed. How do you know? I would be a little confused and disturbed and an angel appeared. Now, we talked about this last week. When angels appeared in Scripture, it's not little chubby little bunny or chubby little uh, uh, bunny angels. Not bunny angels, chubby little Cuban angels. No, this is like warrior type angels, okay? And so she's freaked, right? We would all be a little afraid, okay? But think about the mind of this teenage woman, okay? This young teenage girl, her entire life is, you know, expectation which she has is completely going to change with this unexpected news. How would she respond? Think about it. Think about how she responds. We're going to look at how she responds here in a moment. But think about your life. The unexpected 
happens in your life. God works in these unexpected ways. Our response, what is going to be response? I tell you, it has everything to do. Our response will, will be the trajectory of the success and the fulfillment of our lives. It really comes down to our response. And, and what we find is this, that people respond to unexpected moments in, in their life in many different ways. But really kind of two ways. One is they're, 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 they roll with what it's going to happen, what's going to take place, or they don't. And I find that in, in, in the people around me in lives where people rise to the occasion with a challenge when a problem hits. There's those that maximize the moment when the opportunity is presented to them. And really, there's two, two types of people, those who, 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 who respond well and those who don't. And I tell you this, it really doesn't matter, matter to the magnitude in which whatever the challenge and opportunity is there. I've seen people where a minor setback happened in their life. They just got off, like something happened, and it just threw them, and it put them in a tailspin. And you, you don't want to judge. You're going, okay, that's a little minor compared to all the problems in life. That really set you off in a different direction. I mean, some people go months and years and even decades. Like, that happened to me 25 years ago, and I'm still living with the consequences. Like, it's not that. You look back, you're like, why would you let that bug you so much? Yeah, on the other hand, we know people and stories, and and there's people I know personally, like, they've gone through heartache. They've gone through cancer. They've gone through pain and turmoil and betrayal and abuse and, and even torture, right? And you look at their lives, you're like, how did they make it? How did they get through that? And not only do you, you find that they survive, but they got this story to tell. And you're like, wow, that you inspire me. You are like just on a level of being human in, in, a, in an incredible way that I could never, ever imagine. Why is there a difference? I'll tell you, the difference is how they respond to the unexpected has everything to do with the success and the fulfillment of their lives. And you find it here as we're going to look at in the life of Mary. But let me ask this question. How can we respond best to the unexpected? How can we do that? How can you do that? I don't bet you I'd want to know that answer. I would want to know when life hits, what's going to happen next? You don't know. How you respond to what you don't know has everything to do with the direction of your life and where you're at. And so it's real important. I think, I think some things we can learn from Mary's response here, and you can write these in your fill-ins and notes if you'd like to. First is this, that God inter- interruptions become divine invitations. That God's interruptions become divine invitations. Dwayne, who I, was here um, this morning, he shared about Footprints of Hope that, just a few minutes ago. I was talking with him the other day, and, and he reminded me, um, and this, I was in the middle of writing this message, and so if you ever like call me or we talk during the time I'm writing a, a message, a sermon, uh, you'll probably be in the sermon. I just want you to know that. And so that happened for Dwayne here, because it was, I was, when I put this in my notes, I was, I was reminded of Dwayne, and I asked him, I said, hey, tell me again how you met your wife. He goes, oh, yeah, let me tell you. He goes, so he was doing YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. We have a lot of people have done that and people on mission right now. And, and they, you do a training phase, and then you go on an outreach. And his outreach team was going to be going to Senegal, Africa. A day, I think it was just a day before they are about ready to leave, they found that there was a coup in the country, and they're like, plans have changed. We're not going there. We're going to go to Malawi. Well, Dwayne thought he heard Maui. He goes, I'm in. No, Dwayne, Malawi, Africa. All right, I'll go there anyway. Well, what happened? God interrupted his plans for a divine invitation 
because he saw this beautiful Malawian woman that now is his wife, Priscilla, on that trip. God had a plan, a change, just in a day's notice. Isn't that amazing? You have probably looked back in your life, and I encourage you to do this. Look back in your life where you said yes to God. You said yes to an opportunity. You said yes to a moment. And even though it was a, this, all of a sudden this interruption in your life where you, 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 thought, you thought this was this was an interruption, but it was this invitation that God gave you. And it was an interruption of our plans that led to inviting us to something higher, to something better, something more incredible, more meaningful, more rewarding than you could ever predict on your own. What happened? God interrupted you somewhere along the lines and invited you to something that was greater. Why does he do this? Because God specializes in the unexpected. And it's up to us and how we respond to what that might be. The key to this is going, how do I know? How do I know the difference between an interruption that's just an interruption and a, a divine opportunity? It's listening. It's watching. It's, it's being aware. And how do we become aware of those moments? It's knowing and trusting and hearing the voice of God in our lives at any moment in the day. And how do we experience that? By spending time with Jesus by being in the presence of the Lord on a daily basis, to, to join in in what he is doing and what he's saying. He's always speaking. What is he saying? He speaks through his word. Every time you open the Bible, he wants to speak to you and speak to me. It's doing that daily. I encourage you to do it early and often, to get in God's word, listen to his voice, have him speak to you, direct you, spend some time in prayer, not only talking to him, but him talking to you. And then when the moment comes throughout your day and throughout your week, you're like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I got to get this done. I got to be over here. God reminds you, oh, here's an interruption, but it's a divine moment. The person you're supposed to talk to, this assignment is now given to you, this opportunity and even a problem comes our way and going, okay, God, I don't know how you're going to solve this, but clearly you put this in my lap or what are we going to do? That posturing, that understanding is so key to knowing that it's not just an interruption. God is inviting something even greater. But know this as we do this next is this, that God's purposes are often very different than our plans. Is that true? God's purposes are so many times often, very often different than our plans. You've experienced this before. I know I have, where you're working really hard on a project. Maybe you're a student and you have a teacher or you're working on a, a job assignment and and you're just working, you're putting a ton of hours in, stress about it, and, and you're trying to get this done and get it all right and everything ready to, you know, present or this to, to be put in place. And the boss comes along and goes, hey, just want to let everybody know, change of plans. Like, <sighs> and you just put all this work in. It's so disappointing, isn't it? And you, it changes it. Some, some people, and we don't hate these people that are doing this right now, but there's people waiting in an airport, Right? to fly off to someplace very tropical and very warm, okay? Just think about that. Don't think about that, okay? We're envious of that. There's people, and you've experienced before, where you literally can't wait. I mean, you've got your swimming suit underneath your ski jacket, okay? There's people like that. I can't wait to get there. And you hear this announcement. Flight, you know, 222 to Honolulu, Hawaii has now been delayed for, you know, like, oh, these moments in our life, and we got to look back, God has a purpose, something greater than vacation or work project. God has something greater that he's wanting to do, a greater purpose, but our plans do get 
changed along the way. Mary, here, simple peasant girl. She, she's had her life planned out, and God comes and speaks to her something incredibly, as she experienced, confusing and disturbed. Verse 30, angel responded again, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, told her for you have found favor with God. Now, if God came to you through an angel and spoke, hey, you're going to be favored with God, you're like, sign me up. I want some favor. How many want some favor from God, right? I've, I love being in on that. Well, as, 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 as Mary experienced this favor, God was a little different than she exactly what she'd wanted for. That This was an assignment that she probably never in wildest dreams to think of, that she was going to, get this, think about this, give birth to the Savior of the world. Have you, is that a, is that an overstatement? No, you can't. How do you even comprehend that? Ladies, thank goodness, right? You don't have to give birth to the savior of the world. It's already been done, but it reminds us of this and all of us that God has this bigger purpose and it's beyond our plans of what that is going to be. Look at verse 31. The angel goes on and says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great. And, and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Imagine this. Again, in the mind of a teenage girl, I don't think it even matters what century you're in, of that kind of announcement, the interruption of the plans you thought your trajectory of your life was going to be like, this is not what I expected. Think about that moment in her mind. Okay? So think with me. If she was a modern-day teenage girl, what would she do? And she would be texting a friend right away. OMG, right? Oh, my gosh. I just found out that I have been chosen, and, and probably maybe in a humble posture, I am going to be the mother of God. Can you imagine the friend on the other end on that response? Like, Huh? There's no emoji, okay, to express back on that. Think of the other hand, the pendulum would swing. Hearing the news that she is going to have a child, but there's really no human father involved, but she's not married, okay? Having a child out of wedlock is like punishable by death back then, okay? Stoning, huge rocks are thrown to you while you're tied at the stake, okay? Not a fun thing. And then imagine this, having to go to her fiancé, the person she's promised to, go, Joe, <laughs> I got some news. Um, I don't know how to say this. I'll just say it. I'm pregnant, but it's the Holy Spirit, okay? That's weird, okay? How, does, how do you comprehend how that goes? I don't know. But she is faced with this news. How many you know God's purpose it has, is way different than our plans? And how we, he specializes in this, how to respond to it is another thing. Some of us have experienced in our life moments where we thought this is the trajectory of our life or the trajectory of our, our others' lives, our own children's lives. When we were in Idaho, pastoring, we had some dear friends. And they had a child the same year as our son was born. 
And, you know, when you think about for your own child and your hopes and dreams, if you remember being a young parent, you're like, you dream like, you know, one day, and it's not so much even dream, you just have these expectations that you're going to have a normal kid. They're going to go through school and they're going to go through the normal things people go through school. They're going to, they're going to one day, you know, go through, go through life and they're going to experience some accomplishments and then relationships and maybe marriage, all that goes on. You have this trajectory in your, in your mind. You think of, well, they had a child that wasn't born exactly what you call normal. She was born with achondroplasia, which is a form of dwarfism. And can you imagine for this, this couple and what, happen to them when they experience and where they go, God, why, why is this happening? Not so much even just why, you know, why them, but, but in some ways, why them? Why have you picked us here? There was this not their plans. Nobody's plan would plan for this because it was not only dealing with the social issues that come of, of this condition, but at the health condition issues. This young little girl, Maddie is her name. She was born with a hole in her heart. And so here an infant, little three-month-old baby had an open heart surgery. That's incredible prayers. We remember caring for, they already had a, two twin boys and another boy, and we, we cared for them while they were down in Salt Lake City, and all this was going on. And, 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 and so she, she recovered from that, and this little, this little baby girl, and, and we, we moved to Washington, and then eventually they moved to California. And we followed a little bit as Facebook kind of came out, and we were able to follow a little bit of their family and keep in touch that way. But just a couple years ago, we had the opportunity to come down there and visit them in, in uh, Northern California. They're part of, they're, they lived in Reading, they're part of Bethel Church, if you know what that is. And, and we got to spend some time with them, and we got to get to know Maddie. Maddie at the time was about 15, 16 years old, and, and, and she was just this wonderful girl, like filled with life and energy. Um, she was about this tall, and the irony, her brothers were all like 6'4 and 6'5 and football players. It was really kind of funny. And, and, but she had just as much energy as they did, and she was you know, great violinist and photographer, and she helped out on the football team, and she was a student leader in the youth group, and this life, and they began to share their journey from, from the infancy, which we left knowing them, to all that happened, and, and they, they shared about the people they got to meet, and the community that came out of those families that have children of this condition, and you're like, God, you just set this all up, what you're doing, but why did you do it that way? How many know God's plans are always different? than we expect, and his, or his purposes are, are greater than what we even think that our plans need to be. But know this further as, it, as we go along. It's so important to know this, that God's methods are nothing less than miraculous. God's methods are nothing, nothing uh, less than miraculous. And that was true for Maddie in her life, and it's true in the story of Mary. Look at the response. It's Mary responds to the fact that she is pregnant with God himself. Okay, Mary asks the angel, how can this happen? Good question. How could this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby will be born, will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. He will be holy. Meaning he'd be perfect. He would be sinless. If you, we always contemplate and we sing about it, the young, young, young virgin, is that how the song goes? Um, the, there, there's not only the virgin, uh, uh, virgin birth, but we can't forget that it started with the Immaculate Conception. And, and so if you're here and you're like, you know, and you're a kid, you know what that means? You can talk to your parents later about all that. Um, 
But the reality is, is this, and this might get a little technical, but to realize, yes, Jesus had to be perfect, right? Every part of him had to be perfect, his body, soul, and spirit, for him to be sinless. And I learned this, and I think in high school uh, health, I paid attention a little bit in this, that when, when blood forms, it, it happens after the egg of a woman is fertilized. So the blood is formed will indicate the father. And so when we talk about bloodline, not blood type, but bloodline, it's, it's the bloodline of the father. Jesus was flesh and human. And so the, the Bible says that the, the word became flesh. But you understand his blood was divine. Now, why did, was it important that Jesus' blood to be pure? Well, pure blood is, is available because there needed to be a pure sacrifice on the cross. If Jesus wasn't pure and he died on the cross, our, we would still be in our sins because one the perfect lamb of God, which is Jesus, was the sacrifice for all of mankind. So when, when Mary, you know, when, when was giving birth, she didn't give birth to God's son. She gave birth to God, the son. So important to understand that. And I don't know if Mary took high school health or at all, but she knew this. She knew that virgin birth is, is pretty impossible, Okay. And, and so when she, her response, how can this be? This is what the angel said to her. For nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. Let me ask you this question today for your life. Do you feel like you're in an impossible situation right now? Do you feel like you're in a situation right now? You're going, I have no idea how this is all going to work out. Some of you are in health issues. Some of you are in situations going, there's, you know, you know, people, there's no hope. How in the world is this all going to work out? God, how, 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 how are we going to recover from this? Some of you are in, or know people are in relationship, you know, train wrecks. And for this relationship to be reconciled, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a parenting relationship, where it's a work relationship, how there's no way, Lord, this is impossible. How in the world are you going to work this out? For some of us, let's be honest, especially this time of year, it gets magnified a little bit in the dysfunction of relationships. Lord, there's no way. I don't know. It'd be impossible. It's impossible for me to forgive that person of what they've done to me, what they've done to someone I love. That's impossible. Lord, I'm in an impossible financial situation. There's no way I'm ever going to be able to be generous again or do God what you want me to do in my situation when I'm in. It's impossible. If you're here this morning, you're thinking it's impossible. Can I remind you what the angel said to Mary is nothing is impossible for God. Maybe some of you need to hear that today. That might be your word to say, no, Lord, it's all things are possible. All things are possible. What you can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. God is an ever-present, all-knowing and powerful, all-loving God that can do that. And yes, I know and you've experienced that he specializes in the unexpected because he's going to do something impossible that it's going to be possible. He's faithful to do that. But know this of God's power and that he can do it. Finally, you can put this in as this Extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience through faith. We've said these before, this, this saying before. You might have heard this. Extraordinary acts of God often start with ordinary acts of obedience and faith. Yes, God can do that, but guess what? He wants to do it through us. And there's a step that it requires for all of us to do, to walk in a place. Not only the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible 
to please God. For the possible, impossibly possible, we have a role into it. To please God is with our faith. And how we express our faith is in obedience to Him. In our steps, ordinary steps of obedience. What love Mary's simple response to the possibility of what God was going to do is this. Mary responded to this. Based on hearing that, she says, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. She recognized this as not who she is, but who she is. Whose she belonged to. She says, I'm, I'm the king. I, I belong to the king of kings. He, kings, he's my Lord. He's my savior. I turn to him. I serve him. And I think she goes on next. I think it's one of the greatest faith-filled statements in all of the Bible is right here. She says this, may everything you have said about me come true. Everything you said about me. What was everything? Oh, that you are going to, you know, immaculate conceive uh, through, and you're going to give a virgin birth to the savior of the world. And she's like, I'm in. Everything you said comes true. There was this acceptance. She was okay. Lord, you're rocking my world. I didn't expect what I was expecting, especially giving birth to the Savior. Lord, I'm, but I'm yours. I'm willing to follow you no matter what it was. Mary didn't know the outcome. She didn't know what was going to actually take place. Did she really understand the magnitude of 14, 15-year-old girl? No, she didn't. No, that's just like any normal kid. They, they wouldn't know. We wouldn't know that happened. Who would have thought, Right? But she knew this, that she was going to be carrying God within her, literally. God, Emmanuel, God with us, literally in her and growing that she would deliver. Now, thank God, ladies, the job's been done. You don't have to worry about giving birth to the Savior of the world. But for all of us, how are we responding to what God has put in us? The unexpected moments, how we respond has everything to do, really, with the success and fulfillment of our lives. Can we say, can we respond the same? Say, Lord, I am your servant. May everything you have said about me come true. Can we believe that? See, one of the greatest responses to the unexpected is us to say, I'm taking a step, a faith-filled step of obedience to what God you're saying to me. Everything you're saying is true, Lord. I'm willing to step in out of faith to believe for that to take place. I'd like our team to come as we wrap up today. And I I just have this question for you to ask the Lord today. Very simple question. We go to prayer. It's just asking this, Lord, how do you want me to obey you today, even when it seems no way? How do you want me to obey you today when it just seems like there's no way? As mentioned just a moment ago, you feel like you're in an impossible situation? Is it a problem? Is it a struggle? Let's admit it. There's an addiction there's a relationship issue, finances, parenting, health. I mean, the list goes on, right? Some of you have more than one. Are you willing to pray in a form like Mary prayed or respond to the way Mary responded to the Lord? Lord, I'm here. I know you bring unexpected moments in my life. Help me to be aware of this, not just being an, 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 an interruption, but divine opportunity to trust you, Lord, because you have a bigger purpose in mind. That whatever results in the situation, I leave those to you. But I'm willing to respond. I'm willing to respond in faith, in simple acts of obedience, saying, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing to follow. I'm willing to surrender it 
all to you. I give my life completely over to you. I hear what you're saying to me. Some of you are in a place where whatever that problem is, you've made it bigger than God. What if you flip that? What if you said, God, you're bigger than my problem. I, I know you can work and move and, and fix whatever it is. And how many know it might not be a fix right away, but it's a work that God wants to do. In the midst of it, he wants to broaden our perspective, understanding of what he's going to do. And, Lord, and, and we look back and go, Lord, look what you did. I remain faithful and I trusted you. Look how you, your purposes were way bigger than my plans. What I thought was an interruption and ended up being these opportunities. Lord, wow. But here you are once again. And here you will be this week. When the unexpected happens, will you be ready? Will you be, as Mary says, I am your servant. May everything you said about me come true. I hope that you can and I can as well to pray. But it starts right now. It starts with a prayer of surrender. Lord, I surrender my life to you. And I take the fact that you are responsible for the outcome, but I'm responsible for my steps of obedience as I step out in faith. Mary had had it all. She had Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world living in her. She was experiencing Emmanuel, God with us, literally. Guess what? All that's been accomplished, ladies, no need to give birth to Savior of the world, That work has been done. It's been accomplished. And now Jesus comes to us and says, I want to live and and rule and reign in your life. I want to be within you. No matter the outcome, no matter what happens in this life, we have that promise. And think about that. What else do you need? What else more do you need to know that God is with you? Nothing. There's nothing more. And if you don't have Christ living in you, It's an invitation, his opportunity. He's saying, come to me. Come into the life I have for you. I want to come, Jesus says, and dwell in you and be with you. Emmanuel, God with us in the flesh, we can experience by his spirit. We pray with me as we close today? God, it's just a great reminder in the story of Mary that you you specialize in the unexpected. Each and every day, Lord, there's moments and opportunities you present us. And Lord, sometimes they just feel like an interruption. God, I pray that we would respond differently this week. That it wasn't just a a messing up of our plans, but we would recognize in that moment of interruption the knowing there's an opportunity that you give. You gave it to Mary. You gave it to a Dwayne. You gave it to people in this room already. You already did it in our own life. And Lord, you have an opportunity this week that you can present. And Lord, sometimes you kind of give us a little headway along the way, what's, what's under the tree, Lord, but many times we don't know what we're getting. We don't know what we're going to be opening up this Christmas. We don't know what we're going to be opening up in 2018. But Lord, we know and we can trust in the promise when we take steps of obedience toward you, you're pleased and the Lord, you invite us in the life that you have for us, which entails you living in us and being with us. Lord, there's nothing more that we need. God, I pray for those that are in in impossible situations right now. They just, it's beyond human understanding. God, will you just re- remind them of your presence right now, that you're with them? Lord, if they're in a financial situation, they don't know how they're going get, to get, get through it. Lord, that you're with them in that and you're going to help them through it. 
God, if there's a relationship struggle, there's a marriage that's on the rocks, there's just, it seems so impossible, Lord. God, that you would remind them in that marriage that you're with them. You're with them in the heartache and the pain and, and the difficulty if there's health issues. Direction of life, Lord, and where to go, Lord, you're with them. You're in them through your spirit, Lord. God, so we trust you for that, Lord. May we be able to be brave and and fill with your spirit to take courageous steps of obedience and faith. And when we do, Lord, it's the outcome we don't know, Lord. You're in charge of that. But what we do is we put a smile on your face, but you're pleased with our faith. It is possible to please you because of the step that we take toward you and because you are in us. And what else do we need in the process? God, we're thankful for that, Lord. You dwelling in us. And so, Lord, as we go from this place, we take you with us wherever we go in our work, and our school. As we take these invitations to Christmas, Lord, we pray that, God, they would fall in the hands and we touch the hearts to gather here on the special day, Lord, to hear the amazing promise that you came and to dwell with us. Emmanuel.